Ladies and gentlemen, and fellow golfers, for your entertainment. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa, brought to you by the Hagen Oaks Golf Super Shop, America's most awarded golf facility. Nature Wood Home Furnishings, where it's all about choices and always about quality. Welcome in. This is the Golf to Go Hour here on Sackdown Sports 1140. I'm Frank LaRosa. Hello, Scott Marsh. Frank, how are you? Happy New Year, my friend. How about that? Uh, we're starting on a whole new year. We have to learn how to uh, to put uh, a four on the end instead of a three as we move forward. But uh, this is the first show of the new year, and I'm kind of excited to get rolling again. Me too. I guess the four is appropriate because I'll probably be yelling it a lot throughout the year. So <laughs> I hadn't even considered that. That's pretty good, Scott. <laughs> You know, that's always the way it is, though. When I'm talking, you have time to think. And when you're talking, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. But in any event, uh, you know, I've had some really nice uh, comments from from listeners uh, uh, in the last couple of weeks that people have bumped into. And it's uh, it's fun to know that people are enjoying the show and uh, apparently um, um, appreciate what we're doing here. So that's kind of cool to know. That always helps. And I think it was great with all the, the Christmas ideas we have. We had a lot of great guests on for gifts. So hopefully everybody was able to take care of their their people in their lives. And uh, of course, it was great to hear Jim Furyk again last week as well. Good way to cap off the year. Uh, we've, As I said, it's it's been quite a year. And uh, and here we go with uh, show number one and, uh, you know, of, of 52 weeks. So, um what uh, what we've got on on this show is uh, is Tom and Tom. We've got uh, yes. Tom Johnson, uh, PGA, who is uh, the director of instruction at Meadow Club, and Tom is uh, is the is the local PGA pro that uh, not only qualified but made the cut for the Fortinet Championship last year. And we're going to talk to him about uh, about a new year and about uh, you know his reflections on on that uh, tournament and and maybe what he's got in store for this year. Yeah, look forward to talking about all of that. Of course, Tom was uh, such an incredible performance last year at the Fortnite and to win the NCPGA Player of the Year again. Uh, can't wait to talk to him. And Tom's always got some good instructions. And of course, I know we've always got some resolutions we want to go through with uh, the new year here. And the other Tom, who also is pretty good at instruction, uh, Tom Morton, PGA Director of Coaching and Instruction at the Hagen Oaks Golf Complex uh, is a uh, is a regular here on the show, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about resolutions, as you mentioned, and you know what we can do to kind of get ready as uh, as we begin the new year and kind of be in shape by the time the golf season comes around. Yep, that's a good thing because right now, people, this is a great chance to really kind of work on a lot of aspects of the game, get it ready for the spring. And uh, when we come back, uh, I want to talk a little bit uh, with you about uh, about our year that we just had and and maybe our thoughts for the coming year. And then we will get back to our guests. So all that and more coming up on this edition of the Golf to Go Radio Hour on Sacktown Sports 1140. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa on Sacktown Sports. Welcome back in. This is the Golf to Go Radio Hour here on Sacktown Sports 1140. Uh, Scott, as I mentioned a moment ago, we... Uh, this is the first year, uh, first show of the new year, and uh, reflecting back on on the past year, we've had some some pretty incredible guests. Jim Furyk, as you mentioned uh, a moment ago, uh, was was a fun uh, full hour show. Uh, I think back to the show that um, that we had Steve Young, uh, Sir Nick Faldo, and Peter Jacobson. Not a bad lineup there. Tons of prominent people in the golf world there's no question about that and of course steve young you just can't beat him 
I didn't uh, ever get a chance to tell you. I got an email from the uh, from the ING folks. That's the International Network of Golf and uh, their 30th annual Media Awards competition. I entered that show and I got a I got an email that uh, we either we either won first place or outstanding achiever. We would have to go to the PGA show in Orlando and they'll mention that on January 24th. And uh, so if uh, I hadn't planned to go this year, but uh, I have some friends and uh, no matter what the award is, they'll pick it up for us. And it's it's kind of fun to uh, to be in uh, in that kind of a, a group of, of uh, accomplished folks. That's pretty exciting. I wish I could get back for that, you know, put on the black tie, get ready to give a speech, <laughs> all of that. I love that. A black pie at a lunch event. Uh, you you certainly <laughs> stand out, Scott. You know, um, we're going to talk a little bit about resolutions and um, um, you and I both, uh, I suppose, like all golfers, you know, we, we all want to be better. Some of us have more time than others to put in. Um, as we've mentioned, uh, life life kind of gets in the way sometimes of of doing the the things we hope to do. Um, we're going to talk to the two Toms about uh, about things we might be able to do uh, in the coming year to to kind of get ourselves ready. But um, at its core, even though we both want to get better, we sure have a lot of fun on the golf course, whether we're playing well or not. That is true. Now, I will admit some days are more fun than others, but that's that's one of my resolutions is to concentrate more on the fun aspect, regardless of how well it's going otherwise. And I think it's a mindset. And, you know, with anything else around this time of year, it's about what are you going to do on a consistent basis? What kind of habits are you going to create? This is the time to do it and hopefully follow through throughout the entire year with them. You know, we... Um... We've talked a number of times throughout the year about about mental things that you can do to kind of stay in the game, even when you're having a bad day and so on and so forth. One of the best tips I heard all year was from from Sir Nick Faldo. Uh, we have a tendency maybe to be harder on ourselves than we should after what we consider a, quote, bad, unquote, shot. And and his feeling is the, there really aren't any bad or good shots. But what we should do is number our shots, which is to say that... Um, if if the shot didn't uh, kind of live up to our expectations, uh, nowhere close to it, maybe it's a two, uh, and if it's a really good shot, maybe it's an eight. But but what that does obviously is take out this whole notion of good and bad, and allows you to kind of concentrate on 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 the shot you hit and what might have gone wrong, as opposed to maybe uh, sulking about the fact that you hit a bad shot. I like the philosophy. The only pushback I would have is that Nick Felder probably hasn't had a bad shot in probably 30 years <laughs> under those definitions. Yeah, that's probably true. He probably doesn't have too many twos, twos in his repertoire. Oh, I like to have somebody within my stratosphere to compare with a little bit on that. <laughs> but I, but but again, the notion is to kind of free up your mind a little yes. bit, even, even though it's... Uh, I think uh, Tiger is uh, ten steps. That that's that's his philosophy. He gives himself ten paces after he's hit a shot to kind of deal with it and then forget about it and move on to the next. And and you know, as as uh, weekend players or or recreational players or you know, um, you know, uh, muni amateurs, you know, wh wh whatever we want to call ourselves, yeah. it's. Um, we, we don't play enough or we don't have the time really to work on the mental aspect for the most part. So 
these little tips, um, while they will never, ever work for us the way they do for these people, you know, to kind of uh, take a little bit into our minds and, and maybe think about that on one or two of the uh, of the quote unquote bad shots uh, and move us on to the, to the next. If it, you know, if in those little ways it helps to improve the game and, and uh, make it much more fun, then I think we've accomplished our goal. No doubt. The mindset's the right one to have. I, I can't question that. So uh, what do you, what are your thoughts as we move forward for, for the coming year? I, I'd like to see us try and find a way maybe to get out and, and do a couple more remotes than we did last year. I think we had a lot of fun at uh, Rancho Marietta when we got out there and and talked to the, some some of the celebrities in that tournament. And certainly, we're not going to have uh, celebrities every time we go out. But but I think there's enough things happening in Northern California for us to get out there and 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 maybe you know show ourselves a little bit more and 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 find ways to uh, you know to let our listening audience know what else is going on in the world. Oh, agreed. We we. We should be doing that more because it's great to be out there. It's great to have people come up and say hi. And it's great to have, you know, celebrities who aren't necessarily golfers on the program, too, because I think the one thing that we really try to bring out, this is uh, such a universal sport. Everybody likes golf. You don't have to be a quote unquote real golfer to to enjoy golf or, or even to just be able to talk about it, even if you're not playing a lot. You know, I, I think that uh, it, it also is probably um good to let our listening audience know that that you know we welcome suggestions i mean if if people have a you know a a, a really special tournament uh, you know that's coming up in the next few months or if uh, you know somebody has accomplished something that um, was rare or maybe has not been done or you know has been done the first time by them um those are fun stories you know um, as i've said so many times everybody has a story and it's fun to kind of uncover them and give people a chance to uh, to let us know what they are. Now, obviously, we don't have time to to cover every story, but we certainly invite um, folks uh, letting us know what it is that's on their mind that um, that they might uh, that they might think would be a fun story. I do have to share one story that happened uh, during our holiday break. Our, our good friend Gary Gilfan, who works over at Channel Forty, I do some stuff with him. Um, he had a hole in one up at Peachtree. Good for um, him. Number seven, and it was 210 yard. Oh my gosh. Hole in one. Oh my gosh. So you know, Gary, Gary's been playing a long time. He's 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 really a lot of fun. Was that his first? Second. Second. All right. Yeah, he's not near you yet, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell him that uh, that I had one on a 240 yard hole. So uh <laughs> So, you know, but, but we should have Gary in to talk about that. I mean, yes. Gary's such a fun guest anyway. Yes. And, uh, um, you know, let's 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 talk about what what's on his mind in terms of the world of golf and what, where he sees the sport going. I love it. Uh, this is the Golf to Go Radio Hour coming up uh, on this show. Tom Johnson, PGA and Tom Morton, PGA. So it's Tom and Tom after we come back after these messages. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa on Sacktown Sports. Welcome back in. This is the Golf to Go Radio Hour. This is Sacktown Sports 1140. I'm Frank LaRosa. He's Scott Marsh. Uh, Tom Morton, PGA Director of Teaching and uh, Coaching at Hagen Oaks Golf Complex, is with us uh, to kick off the new year. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys, and Happy New Year. 
Happy New Year to you as well. Um, boy, it's it, it it's it's always difficult to turn over that page, you know, especially when you when you start writing dates down and you know, you go from 23 to 24 and uh it always takes a few weeks to get that thing going, but um you know, that's that's the least of our problems. We we all uh you know, what we're here to talk about here is our is our golf games and um when we when we talk about problems, I know for me they're much bigger than going from 23 to 24. Um, this is a time that people make New Year's resolutions, or at least they used to. I'm, you know, that that's an interesting question. Do people still do that? And uh, so, I, I guess I would ask you first, Tom. Do you have any uh, resolutions? And um, and uh, what do you think about people making resolutions, especially about their golf games? Yeah, I mean, I look at resolutions as nothing more than another, you know, a fancy term for what some goals that we want to accomplish, right? So maybe changes we want to make and. Um, yeah, I think certainly in regards to goals and changes, uh, it's not just a golf thing. People tend to uh, make some and have this, uh, you know, particular item or two that they want to improve upon or change. But then um, the issue is that they don't uh, structure sort of the how-to. You know, what are the changes they're actually going to make underneath there? The small things daily and the habits to make that ultimate change. And you know, related to golf. People might go, oh, I want to, you know, hit it further or hit more fairways or hit more greens or putt better or whatever that might be. Um, but just saying that out loud isn't going to change it. It's, you know, what are the little details each and every day and um, how are the ways are we going to get there? And um, certainly, as you've heard me say before, it's super important that the person is really tracking the um, statistics when they play golf to really understand if they're getting better because golf is really nuanced, right? It's, it's not these massive all of a sudden 10 strokes fall off it could be a half a stroke here or a stroke here or there yeah i think that's that's really uh important uh you know with with many things uh, we we can see improvement pretty quickly and uh with golf uh an improvement as you say can can be uh in, in really small increments and and for for some that's maybe you know a little tough to take especially if they're you know really good athletes and uh have been have been great at sports and just about anything they tried and and golf uh as you say has nuances that uh, that are a, a little more interesting to deal with yeah no doubt about it so you know i think the key here for the golf one is i wouldn't choose any more than three uh things that they'd want to improve in the game and then you know under each one of those what are the whether it's with their golf coach or whether they want to sit down and look at what they think are the um you know, two to four ways they're going to accomplish that. And um, just know that it takes a while. But here in this time of year in the winter time um, is the perfect time to make these changes and to really get going so that when spring hits, things are really already in motion. You know, that brings up an interesting point. You you talk about uh, about uh, conferring with your coach. And um, I, it, 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 at, the, at the start of it, it's probably – most important that you find the coach that uh, best fits your personality, best fits your golf swing, best fits your temperament. Because, um, you know, if you're not getting along, if you're not on the same wavelength, you know, he could be speaking in some foreign language or she could be speaking in some foreign language and, and uh, that, that connection will never be made. And I think that connection is probably really important. There's no doubt about that. And Sacramento has a lot of really, you know, qualified and good golf coaches all sprinkled throughout the area. 
And, you know, I think finding that person you do connect with because they help motivate you to want to do some of the things we're talking about. And as we all know, you know, if you ask anyone how they're doing and how life's going, most everyone answers what? Oh, it's busy, it's busy. Well, there's no doubt it is. And so one needs that motivation and that desire to want to put in that time to get better. Uh, you know, you kind of alluded to a couple of things that uh, if, if people decided they wanted to, uh, you know, to improve or, or, or you know, maybe change their, their golf game or their approach to the game, there's a couple of things you could do. But more in, in generalities, I guess, if, if, um, if you were just kind of talking to our audience in terms of here we are, you know, the 1st of January. Uh, we're going to have some, maybe some inclement weather, maybe some good weather as as we as we go through the first quarter. It's hard to know, but uh, you know it'll be three four months before before the beginning of the golf season. Really, you know where people uh, don't worry about weather or things like that. What should we be doing? What should we be doing? Whether we're at home or visiting a driving range, or you know what what kinds of tips can you give us about how to uh, to stay sharp and and be ready when uh, when the good weather comes. Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, as we've just been talking about, whether it's with your golf coach or not, sit down and map out what those, you know, two, three things in the game that you really feel like you need to improve upon. And, um, you know, that will help guide you and, um, you know, certainly throw some metrics to it if you're hitting, you know, three to six fairways and you want to hit more, what's that number? And kind of make that big goal and then, you know, decide underneath it. You know, is it because you think that, you know, it's your equipment not where it needs to be? Is your alignment off? Is, you know, there's certain things in your swing that you think you need to work on. Well, then how many days a week are you willing to commit to it? And kind of map out that schedule and start working the plan. And, you know, I think people will see results. And it's just about, like I said, on a daily basis, uh, working that plan. It doesn't mean that plan doesn't shift or alter along the way. And we need to be, um, you know, our mindset has to be fluid enough to make those little tweaks and changes along the way when things, you know, need to be made. Commitment. That, that's an interesting word. As, as you say, uh, you know, we're all very busy, you know, Scott, I, I look at your life and, and um, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you sleep at night. I mean, with all, with all the things that you're doing with uh, football, basketball, with the Kings, with uh, you know, the, the radio station being with the golf to go, uh, I, I know that um, year after year when we talk there, you know, you you have uh, a desire to Im improve your game in certain ways. And and I think that um, you, you know, your attitude, uh, you know, points that direction. But but talk about how time or how uh, life, I suppose, gets in the way of those things sometimes. It does. It's unfair how life gets in the way of golf. I hate that. But, you know, like for me, I've played twice in the last four months. You know, so that's that's the tough thing. So, Tom, I would I would ask, like, in the times where you just know you you can't give the amount of time you would normally like to, how do you how do you truncate that? How do you take what might be an hour into ten or fifteen minutes? How do you take what might be four hours out on the golf course and shorten it and still kind of keep yourself sharp and feel like you're on a on a path where you can can improve? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's little things, I and mean, even if it's like at home 15 to 20 minutes and let's say someone needs to work on their grip well they should basically get some old club cut it in half put a grip on there and um you know have it around the house while they're sitting on the couch maybe watching the news or their favorite tv show for that half an hour 
be on the couch kind of regripping it and working on it. Um, you know, if it's a certain position in the golf swing that they're working on, go outside and, you know, make some swings and kind of um, really get in the mode of feeling what they're attempting to do. And I have this conversation all the time with students that um, the best athletes in the world are the most kind of self-aware of how their body moves in space. It's shocking to me every time I've, um, you know, work with a professional athlete, whether in golf or out of golf, and um, you start talking to them and sharing some things, and their just awareness of what their body does is off the charts. And we can get better at that. We can um, really focus on that and understand that, and that will lead to people making a lot of improvements. So it doesn't have to be two, three hours every day. It could be in these small little chunks and increments. And um, I think if we're all honest with ourselves, we can we can find that time. Yeah, I think so too. I'm curious, what are the two or three metrics that you you think are most key or, or things that you track the most? Because you mentioned analytics a lot. Yeah, I mean, certainly if we look at, in this day and age, the most important parts of uh, the game, uh, you know, 1A is probably driving the golf ball, 1B is putting, and, you know, 1C is kind of the, call it what you want, wedging um, around the green and uh, so they're all really pretty close to one another of how important they are. So, um, you know, looking at those parts of the game are, I think, extremely important. Yeah. And then I know, like, is there a is there a um, 10 or 15 minute a day type of thing that somebody could do that would be, you know, like uh, I, I try to do yoga every day, just 15 yeah. minutes or whatever. Is there something from a golf standpoint that somebody could do, too, on a regular basis? Well, look at putting. I mean, if you really want to work in your putting stroke, there's I'm not a huge training aid guy, but there's some really good training aids um, that I think can help people. And, you know, get one of the putting mirrors that has kind of both you can look at your stroke and how your setup is and some things, and you can put inside. It's not about did I make the putt. It's about kind of how does what's going on with the stroke. So, you know, like I said, if there's a lot of things you can do where you don't have to travel to the golf course, it can really have some good impact. Tom, you mentioned working on your grip. Um, how do you feel about those uh, molded grips that that actually place your hands, um, <laughs> I, I suppose, in in some sort of general way? Uh, you know, the 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 quote unquote perfect grip uh, is. It, does that work for everybody? Yeah, I think those are good. And like I said, um, you know, one way to I think do that would be to, like I said, make little tiny short clubs and put one of those grips on the club but then also have a short one without it and spend a couple minutes working on you know putting your hands on with the molded grip but then take the other one and see if you can mimic it and put it on and I think going back and forth will really allow one to adapt to you know a real grip rather than the molded grip. Tom I you know I, I, I sometimes wonder you know where you get the most satisfaction in your job because I know you do a lot of fittings for people and and uh you know, find the right clubs for them and, and fit them to them. You certainly do a lot of teaching. And then you do a lot of teaching teachers. <laughs> is is there any part of that that, you know, that, that is most satisfying to you or do they all kind of uh, run together? Yeah, I mean, I think they're all the same in regard to this helping people, right? And, um, you know, I've had the best example by far and uh, my dad, Ken Morton Sr., and it sort of just, what we love to do is, um, you know, golf can really improve someone's life. We all know that. And it's such a great game. And if we can help them, whether it's within their career in the sport or whether playing the game better, whatever it might be, um, that's, that's where we get the most satisfaction. 
You talk about helping people. That uh, certainly brings to mind the Morton Golf Foundation, uh, of which you're the president. Um, the benefits uh, a great number of charities in in the uh, Sacramento, Northern California area. But um, you, your board is is made up of of uh, of local people that you know they're they're all kind of uh, pulling in the same direction. What what plans do you think you have for uh, for 2024 for the Morton Golf Foundation and and uh, how can our listeners help? Yeah, it's actually I think going to be a banner year for the foundation. Um, we are bringing a AJGA event to Sacramento, um, which is outside of like a U.S. Junior. The AJGA is the biggest you know junior golf tour in the land, and oftentimes you know uh, kids in a local community, it's tough to have the funding or the ability to travel to these events and then you know it's super important that if they want to play college golf that they at least have that opportunity to experience an event like that and so um, knowing that the foundation has raised money to um, kind of bring one of these events to town and then with that um, there's about six kids locally that will get exemptions into the event um, and there'll be a qualifier also that kids can you know sleep in their own bed at night and come to a golf course here at McKenzie that they probably played and have a better chance to make it. And uh, we see that as a really important opportunity for kids to, you know, have that chance to uh, continue to push their own golf career forward. And then also another great one is, you know, Frank, for years we've been working on getting a, a facility built, a um, little golf facility at, in a neighborhood at a local school. And uh, it's finally done at Hiram Johnson High School and uh, there'll be a groundbreaking here in the next month or so. And um, we're working with uh, First Tee to actually provide a ton of programming there. So not only that the school that sells, but all the area community can just walk there and see the game and learn from great coaches and, uh, you know, hopefully connect to the game and use it in their life. You know, it's been fascinating to, uh, to watch that project come together because uh, n nothing is easy. And that's been years in the making but as you say it's not just for the school but it's it's really for the whole neighborhood and and the notion i, I can't tell you how many times i've heard that if if uh, you know if 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 every junior played golf <laughs> the world would be a lot better place and and the notion of um, of uh, playing golf has uh, it's a whole lot more than than standing on the first tee and hitting it hopefully down the center it's really about the relationships it's about the uh, life values that that kids learn and uh, an ability to to get along to learn to compete uh, and and to have some fun there is no doubt and this community and the golf community rallies around uh, you know the children and, and it's really fun to see and so our hope is that um, you know we can just create more young people that do connect to the game and like I said it's not about becoming a great player it's just about using the sport to push yourself forward and um, we're super excited about that and um, you know the Morton Golf Foundation and our board has really done some wonderful things to get us to this point to be able to do this. Let's back up just a bit tell us uh, the dates of the AJ, AGGA, um, <laughs> AJGA uh, event and um, and it's going to be held at the McKenzie course uh, at Hagen Oaks. It'll be right near Easter so it'll be kind of that that week. Okay. And and public can come out and, and watch? Absolutely. And you're going to get, uh, you know, some of the best juniors all over the country. And um, it's just amazing how good these young people are these days, for sure. 
Scott, the great part about watching these uh, young people play golf is that uh, we get to realize how far we are from, from playing good golf. But it's really it's really uh, encouraging and fascinating to watch them play. They 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 really have an approach to the game that uh, that's that's really fun. Uh, you know, to see them smile as as they make a birdie or or you know hit hit one down the center. It's uh, it's really exciting. It's amazing. It's amazing to see how far they hit the golf ball too. I'm really jealous in a lot of cases of how great they do it. And, and Tom, I know you coach over a Jesuit as well. And I'm curious, will, will some of the players from Jesuit be able to be in this tournament, you think? Or Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would say there's, uh, you know, two to four that probably have a real good chance to be playing in it. Awesome. Something to look forward to. All right. Tom Morton, PGA director of coaching and instruction at the Hagen Oaks golf complex. Uh, our first show of the year, Tom. Thanks for being with us, and expect to uh, to have you uh, many more times as we as we go through 2024. You bet. Thanks, guys. This is the Golf to Go Radio Hour. This is Sacktown Sports 1140, and we'll be back with more right after this. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank Larosa on Sacktown Sports. Welcome back in. This is the Golf to Go Radio Hour. This is Shackdown Sports 1140. Our guest is uh, Tom Johnson, PGA Director of Instruction at Meadow Club. Tom, welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You know, I was doing uh, a, a little research, um, and um, I, I, maybe I knew this before, but it, it came as a surprise to me today to uh, to realize that uh, you're a Sacramento-born uh, guy, and uh, you went to Del Campo High School about the same time that uh, that Matt Barnes was there, and uh, I'm guessing you uh, probably were a little bit after Dusty Dusty Baker, but uh, but uh, you know that that was that, Scott and I were kind of talking. Uh, Del Campo put out some pretty incredible athletes. Yeah, it, uh, it it was a it was a pretty good uh, good spot. Very very competitive in sports. Um, you know, our league was always really tough. We played against Grant High School and Nevada Union and some other, uh, you know, pretty, you know, forces in uh, in the whole, you know, Sacramento area. Um, you know, just I, I think for me, um, you know, having done a couple other sports, I did basketball, I did some cross country and the sports that, that I could do that didn't interfere with golf. Um, it was always just um, very competitive um, and it was pretty neat to see you know, Matt Barnes for a couple of years, he was a little bit older than I was, but, um, you know, I played basketball and got to, um, watch him play, uh, which was incredible and really neat to see what he's, he, he did with his career at UCLA. And then for so many teams in the NBA and then, and now he's got a really great podcast that I listen to all the time called all the smoke, I think it's called, but they also have great guests and it's super candid and really pretty cool to see, uh, you know, our Del Campo alumni doing really well. Well, we'll let Matt know that that you're on the Golf to Go Radio Hour, and maybe he'll listen to you. Yeah, he'll have yeah. to have you on his podcast. Yeah, I don't know how many how many listeners he'd get. <laughs> I gotta keep, well, I gotta know, keep you, making you have to keep making waves in golf. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, you went on to Northwestern University. You were a com studies major, which uh, you know has a um, you know, familiar ringed, uh, because, uh, I think Scott was, and, and I was as well. Um, you, um, uh, you, uh, were the UC Davis, uh, assistant men's golf coach for a while, which also, uh, rings well with Scott, you know, his alma mater. And, yeah. uh, and yeah, I'm curious, what did, what did you learn coaching under Cy Williams out there at Davis? Well, um, you know, quite a bit actually. 
he's always run a really great program there at, at UC Davis. And um, they have a, a phenomenal um, program and uh, the strength of schedule is really tops. Um, I mean, uh, uh, since Davis went division one, I, I would say that the, um, their golf team is, has probably been year in and year out. One of the most competitive um, teams, um, you know, ranked oftentimes inside the top 30 in the country um, in division one, which I think is saying a lot for, um, you know, a Valley school and not, you know, what you would typically think of as the, the powerhouse UCs like UCLA or UC Berkeley. Um, you know, oftentimes UC Davis is, is beating those schools, um, you know, beating Stanford, beating be, it, golf is funny. Cause you know, the, um, the guys, you know, on a given week can, can really beat anybody. And, uh, and consistently wise UC Davis has done really well. And I think that, that, you know, Cy has, uh, you know, coach Williams has done a great job recruiting and then bringing out the best of his players, um, you know, once they're there and, and, and developing them. And he, he does it in a really cool way. He's, um, he's really big on, into stats and, um, which I think that kind of creates um, some ownership amongst the players where he kind of steers them to be able to see their strengths and weaknesses, which then um, allows them to be able to um, sort of do what they need that what they discover they need to do uh, rather than just being told what to do by a coach. So, you know, a ton of respect for, for Cy Williams. As I mentioned, you are now the uh, director of instruction at Meadow club in San Francisco, working with uh, the incredible, uh, uh, Jim O'Neill, PGA over there. That's that's got to be a, a fun gig for you. Oh yeah, it's it's been great. I've I've been here uh, almost I I want to say around nine months. And and uh, yes, Jim O'Neill is is uh, just a, a tremendous uh, mentoring type of influence on me, and just re- extremely well respected in our in our golf industry. Um, you know, he's he's soft spoken, and and um, you know he 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 deserves, uh, you know, whatever compliments and accolades that he gets because, you know, he's not going to go out there and, and sort of toot his own horn. That's for sure. Um, so it's nice to be able to to say that at, you know, at this level um, and just kind of let people know if they don't already, what a, what a class act he is and what a tremendous pro he is. Um, and I was really happy to see him at our um, NCPGA awards night. Um, and, you know, our head pro, um, uh, of the year, Ashley Marseille at San Francisco Golf Club. He spent some time here at Meadow Club also, and and he gave huge thanks to Jim, which was really really nice to see. So, Jim's the best. And that is uh, the last time uh, we saw each other was at the uh, NorCal PGA uh, Awards dinner at um, at Green Valley Country Club, and uh, I had the honor uh, and privilege of uh, emceeing that event uh, again, and and um, and it was really fun to to present you with your award the second year in a row as the uh, NCPGA Player of the Year. Um, remarkable that uh, you win it once. Uh, incredible that you win it twice. And uh, here we go on on year three. What do you got planned for this year? <laughs> uh, well, you know, the, um, it's 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 an honor, you know, just to be to be uh, able to finish on top and compile the most points by the end of the year for all of our, our season long uh, tournaments. Um, but I kind of look at that as just, um, you know, a, a result of uh, a lot of smaller goals. Um, there's, there's, I, I kind of set some big goals at the beginning of the year, some outcome type of stuff um, where say last year, um, you know, I was thinking about hopefully getting into a PGA tour event or two, uh, you know, which we have some incentives we can qualify for. 
Um, you know, last year I was fortunate enough to get into the Fortnite championship in, in Napa and make the cut, which was really great. Um, I fell short of qualifying for the PGA championship, um, which is, you know, probably the, the biggest goal that I have um, is to be able to play in a major championship. So I, I, I always try to qualify for the U.S. Um, I haven't cracked that one but through our national championship. I can qualify for the PGA championship. So um, that's kind of where I've got my eye on um, uh, the PGA championships at Valhalla in Kentucky this year. And so um, I really see myself there. And then, you know, once I get there, um, you know, playing well. So that's, that's, um, that's my big goal. You, you, well, you did a lot more than make the cut at the Fortnite. I mean, you were thirty to a top ten finish on Sunday. I mean, as you reflect back on, on what you did there, what what do you think as we're rounding out the year here? Uh, well, I I I showed myself that I could could do it, and um, that was that was great because um, you're always going to have some self doubt um, whether or not you belong or whether or not you can kind of you know run through the finish line and 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 actually have a a, a good finish, and so. You know, having done that, I think that I could set my sights a little bit higher. Um, you know, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself with, um, you know, a real outcome-oriented uh, thinking. Um, but I think that a better goal would be to get into contention uh, rather than just making the cut and having a respectable finish. Um, I'd really like to uh, get into the mix, and so I'm I'm focusing on that. I'm imagining it, um, and then I'm. I'm kind of making a a plan as far as um what what is the step by step that is uh going to get me there. So I don't I don't stay focused on the um the outcome um you know goal uh say like hoisting a trophy. I don't I don't really focus on that for very long. I just think well okay, if this is my goal to get into contention and who knows maybe make a few putts and win the thing. I mean, why not at least let yourself um yeah, it's not like pigs flying. It is possible. Um, so I can let myself go there for for a minute, and then and then get to work on all right. What is the step by step that would would uh, make that happen for me? So that's kind of how that's where my head is right now. And you've qualified for the Fortnite Championship again this year, um, so you'll you'll have another shot at it. Yeah, and I'm super psyched about it. Um, you know, having had success on the course and. You know, I've got the yardage book with all the pin placements from last year. I'm going to run it back with the same caddy, uh, have a place to stay. Um, just, the, um, you know, the support from from the Meadow Club members and some, you know, friends going back to, to you know, my Del Campo days. Um, it's just a really comfortable um, place for me to to go compete. So I'm, I'm yeah, I'm really I'm really pumped to to have that exemption again. And Tom, you you know we we should point out that you you weren't a rookie. You you competed on tour um, early in your career, and um, um, you you decided that you know maybe that kind of life was not really what you wanted. Um, you you're married. You have a young son, and uh, you know you get up and go to work every day, and and you get to be with your family. And um, so, um, but but I suppose that. Um, that that thrill of the competition and um and and trying to stay relevant as you said is is probably always there kind of bubbling under the surface oh yeah definitely <clears throat> i mean I, I it's a um it was my focus for so long i mean i i think ever since i started playing in uh 
in tournaments. And my first junior golf tournament was at Ansel Hoffman when I was uh, 11 years old. And I got a real taste for, for, uh, you know, tournament competition and not just like, you know, leisurely, leisurely golf and, and practice, which I really enjoyed, but the competitive side was um, sort of awoken a long, long time ago. <clears throat> and then, you know, um, I didn't win my first tournament, but not long after I was, I got that, that taste. And, um, and then it's, it just sort of uh, became like, well, then what's the next step? You know, you play in the, the 14, 15 division and the 16, 17, and then you're competing for overall, um, you know, championships. And um, I just kept taking the next step. So it was the, you know, the NCGA junior was the biggest tournament I won in our, in our Northern California um uh, we called it the JGA and C back then the junior golf association, of Northern California. Now we've got the JT and C also, which is the junior tour of Northern California. So they sort of split off, but there's a lot of competition still here um, where, you know, kids in Northern California have got a great, great place to uh, compete against each other and hopefully launch themselves into college. Like I did, um, you know, I got a, a scholarship to Northwestern, which was, was huge for me. One of the best things that ever happened to me. And then, you know, I played well in college and then that launched me to the next step, which was playing professionally. Um, you know, the nationwide tour, which is now the corn Ferry tour and then the PGA tour. And I just sort of kept on taking those steps. Um, and then, like you said, I just kind of, uh, after about five years, I was sort of just burned out. Um, you know, I had just been no breaks, you know, the off season was filled with, 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 uh, Q school, you know, which is even more stressful. So yeah, I hit, I kind of hit, hit, a. uh, hit a wall there um i would have been back in 2009 well i can only imagine what was going through your mind when uh you know when you finished up on 18 at the fortnet but i know for scott and i it was pretty exciting to uh to greet you as you came off the green there yeah that was it hit me that hit me like a ton of bricks you know i was just really trying so hard to stay in the moment best that i could and um you know when you when you finish the round, it's like you can just sort of exhale and and uh, let um, that that watershed moment, um, you know, of, of what hey, what just happened, um, let it hit you and and kind of sink in and and really look at that leader leaderboard for the first time and <clears throat> see the names of you know the players that you beat and that kind of stuff is pretty it was pretty pretty neat. Um, it was it was it was great to to uh, be back out there and to mix it up with those guys and 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 do it you know, do it respectably. Respectably, you're doing it incredibly. Um, <laughs> I, I know that you, obviously you're teaching people on a daily basis. I'm curious for you, what do you search for as you're trying to get ready for 2024 and some of the goals you have? What do you do in terms of finding some coaching or some outside sources for you and for your game? Well, you know, it's it's kind of um, a bonus that, you know, what the things that I'm into, I I, I generally share with my my students, so I would I'm I'm always thinking about them first. So, um, like right now, um, I'm I'm into fitness, and I think that a lot of people are. <clears throat> um, I think that probably gym memberships and things after the holidays are are there's probably a huge rise, and so um, I, I, and I have you know people come into my my learning center building, and it's kind of cold and a little bit maybe a little rainy, and and they're just not moving as well. And, you know, most people want to be hitting the ball further and moving better, getting some more speed and they're going the wrong direction. And, and um, so we talk a lot about, you know, Hey, what are the activities that you're doing? And, 
is there anything golf specific that you're doing? And, um, and usually the answer is no. I mean, people haven't really heard of a dynamic warm up, and, and, um, I'm always happy to show people some, just some movement patterns that'll get them, uh, primed to swing a golf club better. Um, we've got, um, uh, on the, the 5th of January, we've got Jennifer Fleischer coming and doing, um, two guest clinics where we're going to basically have our big ballroom um, turned into almost like a yoga studio where she's going to be having people <clears throat> doing uh, she's going to be assessing people and, and teaching them, you know, basically some golf movement patterns and a dynamic warm up. And I think that'll just really help everybody. And I know it'll help me if I can, you know, be more consistent with that, especially when I wake up in the morning and just, you know, just get the, get the body moving, get it ready. Retire with Tom Johnson, PGA Director of Instruction at Meadow Club. Tom, who were who are your mentors along the way? Um, <clears throat> well, you know, really lucky to have um, you know great coaching in, in Sacramento. You know, um, some uh, my first lesson was with Tom Lapresti, which is um, uh, it's pretty special. You know, he was a pro emeritus at at um, at Hagen Oaks, and um, and he was in his nineties, and and he. Uh, he he gave me a lesson and and, uh, and then he told me to work with Judy Gilarducci. So she was my my first coach. Um, and sadly, um, you know, Judy's passed away. Um, but she, I give her a lot of credit for just teaching me how to put my hands on the club and giving me the right things to do. And um, and um, I would see her, you know, every other week go out at Hagen Oaks, and she would just kind of set me up with hundreds of golf balls, and I would just go to town. Um, Sean Kelly, another. Um, you know, great influence in Sacramento area. He's up at the Ridge in Auburn. Um, he was at Ansel Hoffman when I first met him doing a junior camp. Uh, Sean was a fantastic player and, and uh, always kept things really simple. And um, I think, you know, these these people, um, they, they did a great job of um, not sort of wrecking my talent because um, that's easy to do with, with coaching and just to give kids and, and for anybody, anybody for that matter, is, you know, too much information. Um, and, and instead of, you know, just keeping their eye on, um, you know, what are the essentials? Um, but, um, you know, I was very fortunate to um, have um, lessons with Butch Harmon when I was um, 17 years old, was was taking Southwest flights to Las um, And, um, you know, Butch, he taught me for free, which was amazing. I just had to get there. Um, the first one wasn't for free. And then I told him I couldn't afford it. Um, but you know, to have, to have that, that Harmon influence was, was, was massive for me because, you know, he was teaching Tiger Woods. This was 99, 2000. Um, and, uh, how'd you get connected just, with him? You know, I had, a, um, to, to be frank, it was, um, I couldn't, I couldn't afford to get to the tournaments that I was qualifying for. And, um, there was a gentleman that, that, that basically offered help to my family. Um, and now, you know, it, it was illegal. Um, at the time, you, you couldn't have somebody helping you pay for your yeah. flights or and that kind of stuff. But it was like a really tough thing for my family. And, and the rules of amateurism have changed now. Sure. Um, you know, you it, 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 we were just a, a, a very um, middle class family. And, and I was qualifying for like the U.S. amateur across the country and the British amateur. And I want to play. I and my parents just couldn't get there. So, so this guy, um, he, he helped us. And, um, and he said, you know, Hey, Tom could probably use some better coaching too. And it was his idea to take us to, um, or to take me to, to Las Vegas and have a lesson with Butch. And then I think I just sort of felt 
a little bit, uh, you know, icky about the whole, um, by the time I was going to Northwestern, I knew I didn't really need his help anymore. And I told Butch that I wanted to keep working with him, but I couldn't afford it. And, um, and he offered to keep working with me. So, um, but yeah, a lot has changed in, 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 in amateurism. That's for sure. If you just look at the, um, the NIL and college yeah. sports and these, you know, signees go into their, you know, showing up in Lamborghinis and stuff now. And, and, uh, you know, from, from, you know, when I was playing it, I remember, uh, Tiger Woods got in really hot water for, you know, Arnold Palmer, like paid for a dinner and, um, and they were almost going to make him ineligible to play. And it's like, what is the kid supposed to do? Like insist that he pay for his dinner. But at the time it was, yes. Yep. Um, so anyhow, um, you know, just, very fortunate to have great coaching along the way. Tom, you have a remarkable story and, you know, it, it, it's much deeper than we've been able to cover today. So uh, as, as I've said before, we, you know, we always uh, have an open door here at the golf to go radio show and look forward to having you back. But, but for today, congratulations on being the uh, NCPGA player of the year and uh, look forward to catching up with you at the, uh, at Silverado Resort and the Fortinet Championship this year, if not before then. So uh, continued success and best wishes. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. And, and I hope you had a, a you know, Merry Christmas with your family and that, that 2024. This is the golf to go Radio Hour, Sacktown Sports 1140. Uh, this wraps up another edition. It's the first uh, show of the year. So uh, I don't know. Uh, buckle up. we got 51 to go.